0: open up to Genesis 1. We're gonna uh, cover a few different things in the Bible this morning. I realized as I was putting kind of my bookmarks in, which shout out to myself for finally putting bookmarks in my Bible this week. I never do that. I always think about it and never actually do it. And so uh, I realized that we're, we're almost going cover to cover this morning, uh, but really skipping a whole lot because we don't we have time to read the whole Bible together. Next week. Genesis 1, go ahead and open it up. Uh, go ahead and take out something to take notes with. We are a, uh, a note believer church, if that's a thing. We believe in taking notes, right? Ooh. <laughs> I believe in taking notes. So uh, if your neighbor's not, doesn't have something out, you can raise your hand, point to them. Everybody else can look and judge. <laughs> Give some thumbs down, Boo at. We are continuing a series that we started a few weeks ago uh, that we are titling the series Cultural Architects. We believe that as the people of God, God has not called us to become clones of the culture that we're living in. He has not called us to become recluses from the culture that we are living in and surrounding us, and he's definitely not called us to just be complainers of the culture that we find ourselves living in. God has called us as his people to be architects of the culture of his kingdom. And as people who love Jesus and love people, uh, that sounds really good and really simple, but when you start living it out, I don't know if you've noticed, but it can be kinda hard sometimes. And different questions come up. Um, We believe that Jesus loves every single person. And that God has saved us and he's transforming us into his likeness. That he wants every single person to have an opportunity to know him. We believe that God is not just far off and that heaven is a place that we go to someday. We believe that when God said pray, that his kingdom would come on earth as it is in heaven, he meant it because it could happen. And so we as his people are carriers of the spirit of God, the culture of God, the kingdom of God. (laughs) So we want to take part in that. Uh, I, I don't know about you, but I, I, I did like the religion thing where I just showed up on Sunday because I thought that was a, what I was supposed to do for a really long time. When I was a 20, I realized this is really lame and not getting me anywhere. And all of a sudden, God showed up in my life and uh, I realized that he's alive. And that part changed everything. So uh, we believe Jesus is alive and God wants to use you. Touch a neighbor and say, that means you. God wants to use you. Yes, Y'all said it the church way, that means you. God wants to use you. And that's what this series is all about, is just saying, okay, God, here we are. We believe uh, that, that, that sometimes there's tension when we're trying to love God and love people. Because we're kind of, the premise of this series is, is starting with the fact that like, you know, we in general, you know, most of the people who go to this church, most of the people in this room, you, you follow Jesus. And for those of you who don't, by the end of today, I strongly recommend it. Um most of us, you know, most of us are followers of Jesus. We love God. We, we love people. We want to do that. But we're just trying to have some honest conversations over these course of these weeks that, like I said, that sounds really like really easy, but it doesn't live that easy. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't try. We want to do it. There's conversations that are happening in our culture uh, that, that sometimes are hard to know what to do with. Where do we land, uh, not just in our opinions and our preferences, but wh- where has God called us to engage in these conversations and, and just shape the culture so that people can step into an environment where they encounter the love of God. That's what I think is possible in the world that we're living in. And I know that's what you think too. We're gonna talk about love this week. It's a really easy title, love. Talking about love. We we talked about sin the first week. Anybody really enjoy that part? You know, it was really fun. Um, we, <laughs> we talked about we talked about celebrating women last week and on Mother's Day. Anybody thankful for women? how amazing women are, so fun t- talking about that conversation, and is male and female different? And if so, why does it matter? What does God think about women? And that's a conversation happening in our world, and we believe God has a lot to say about it, amen? And God spoke to us last week. This week, we're gonna talk about love. Let's love everybody. Anybody ever heard that one? And it's like, it's one of those phrases that everybody says, and it's like, yeah, we all agree on that, but what are we saying? Right? My goal in this series is just to be honest with what goes through my head, so I hope it lands with you. Sometimes I I hear somebody say that and I think, yeah, that's great, but, but what exactly does that look like? What does that mean? What does it mean when we say the word love? Are we saying the same word when we say the same word? Are we thinking the same things when we're sort of thinking the same things? I, I don't know, I've just found this tension in my life at times, uh, because I feel like I'm trying to love God and love people the way God tells me to love God and love people, but then somebody doesn't see it as love, and somebody gets uh, hurt or or put off because of what well, I was trying, but then that didn't go like I thought it was gonna go, like I thought we were talking about the same thing, but apparently we're not talking about the same thing, and it's, anybody else ever been in that situation? Just let me know. Okay, cool. Okay, good. We should keep talking about this then. Okay. Always nervous in the first few minutes. Like, I hope this matters to somebody. Here we go. We're talking about love because everybody's talking about love. Everybody's talking about love. But the truth is, I think what we all know deep inside of us is that everybody's talking about love, but like not very many people are living love. And, and even if we can't perfectly clarify what we mean by that, there's just, I think by intuition and experience, as we observe the world around us that talks so much about love, you don't observe as much love as is said. Like, have you noticed that part? Like, everybody wants to love everybody and then you hear people talk to each other and it's like, I'm not saying I know which way is right and wrong, I'm just saying I don't think that was it. So what 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 is it? So few, people, so few people are doing it. And last week, I said something before making a point. I said, you know, I wanna say something about the kingdom of God that is so absolutely radical but doesn't sound radical. And I think there's so much about the kingdom of God that is radical but it doesn't sound radical. It's only radical when you live it. And that's what we wanna talk about. I wanna talk about the love of God because I believe that in a world and in a moment when everybody is talking about love, the reason everybody's talking about it is because everybody's searching for it. The Bible says that out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. The world we're living in, its heart is overflowing with a need for love. We're looking for love. We want love. We wanna be loving. We wanna experience it, taste it, do it. We want it, but we can't quite get a grasp on it. And that's why I believe that it is in that moment that the church has the greatest potential for the greatest impact in all of history to step into that moment when a person, when a culture, when a world is asking, what is love, where do I find it, how do I get it, and how do I give it? That is the moment for the church, the people of God, you sitting in that chair and the person next to you to step in and be an architect of the culture that God has called us to be. This is our greatest hour. That's what I just want you to know this morning. That's really like the bottom line. I'm just giving to you on the front end. This is our greatest hour as the people of God to love the world that God so loves. We wanna love the world. So let's talk about this. Our uh, entire job description as followers of Jesus is to love God and love people. So this is a big one. (laughs) <laughs> this love thing is, is a big one. It's, it's the, everything that we're called to be. So that's, that's our number one job is to love God and love the culture and love the people and build a culture around loving God and loving people. But like we're talking about, it can get complicated and hard. So we're gonna just answer a few different questions that especially this first one, I'm like, surely there's a better way to say it. But I think that this is genuinely a question that's being asked, but I don't know that anybody will admit that they're asking it. So I'm just gonna throw it out there. <laughs> because I think it's accurate. Why do we love all people? Why do we love all people? And I could tell by every reaction, you're like, I wanted to nod in agreement, but that was... That's a silly question. Like, it sounds so basic, you know? But I, I wanna hit on this. Why do we love all people? Why do we, as Jesus followers, we've gotta start somewhere, and I think that's about as deep as we can get. I think, maybe, I'm trying. Why do we love all people? Genesis 1, I had you turn there. We read some of these verses last week. Genesis one twenty six 26 through 28, it says this. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and the the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on earth. As God's people, we are called to be architects of a culture, of the culture of his kingdom on earth. And we've got to understand that at the deepest and most basic level, we love all people because God loves all people. It's a really easy message this week. God loves people and God loves every person. Like not just, God just doesn't love all people. Like he loves every person. Touch a neighbor and say, that means you. That means you. Why are we starting here? It sounds so easy and so basic, but it's worth noting that this is like Genesis 1, you know? Like, this is the moment when God creates humanity and God creates uh, individual people. And so, I guess what that means is that before any person ever had an opinion about anything, God loved that person. Before any person ever had a political persuasion, God just loved that person. Before everybody, anybody ever had a church affiliation, God loved that person. Before anybody ever had a sexual orientation, God loved that person. Before anything ever happened, anybody ever did anything, God just loved that person. God created that person. God, God put purpose into that person. God put his image on and in that person. God knows the name of that person and God is calling that person to himself. God loves people. That's why we love people. See, the most radical way that we can show the love of God to the world is to love a person just because a person is a person. Again, it doesn't sound radical at all, but if you live that out, you will turn the world upside down. Just because that person is a person. If we can be a people who focus on the humanity of every human, we will change the world. We will turn this world upside down, not just talking about love, but demonstrating the love of God. What is the love of God? The love of God is the love towards a person because that person is a person. Not because they're rich or poor, not because they're red or yellow, black or white, gay, straight, or something else, Republican or Democrat, Christian or not, in your neighborhood or not, helpful or not on the phone, (laughs) a good driver or not. Before that person ever did anything to make me not love them, I ought to love them. God loved that person. God loves those people. God loves the person sitting next to you. God loves the person that you are. God loves you. And God loves people. God loves every person in our world. God loves every person in your life. God loves people. That's why we love all people. It's not because they agree with us on something. (laughs) Just because God loves them. When we surrendered our lives to God, that is like surrender. (laughs) I don't know about you, but I've noticed that I try to take a lot of things back. (laughs) hate when I do that. Do you ever realize that? Okay. <laughs> like I try to take things back, you know, like I, I gave my whole life to God, but sometimes I still want to live it my way, you know. And uh, there's this crazy thing about Jesus that like he's unoffendable. And I love that part about Jesus when it applies to him not getting offended by me, <laughs> but I really don't like that part about Jesus. When I have to try to live like Jesus, man, it's just like, shoot. Like there's this, that whole part when people are nailing Jesus to a cross and he has getting hand, uh, nails are going straight through his hand after he's been ripped apart by these same people and mocked and stripped. <laughs> after this crowd that cheered for him on Sundays, put him on the cross on Friday. Y'all remember that part from a few weeks ago? Like there's this part with this thing that he says where he says, Jesus, or he says, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. Yes. Dang it. (laughs) Um, If you're a Jesus follower in the room, you don't have the right to be offended by somebody and then have that change the way that you care for them. And uh, I don't either, so like we're in the same boat. I'm not coming at you. I'm just saying like I've really been digging into that for like the last five years and I just can't find the loophole. I'm trying. (laughs) I would love out of that. But um, this culture that we're called to be architects loves people because they're people, not because of a decision they make not because of, you know, an opinion they have, something they belong to or don't belong to, anything that they profess to follow or not. We just love, just loves people. And we can change the world if we can love people for being people. So that's kind of the first question I wanted to answer is why why do we even love people? We're, We're starting foundational. Number two is, okay, good, what is this? What, what, is, what is love? What does love mean? What does it look like to do this thing that we're called to do? Because, again, number one, like, there were some things in there that preach kind of hard. Like, you can't ever be offended. And it's like, ah, ow, that's kind of offensive, you know? <laughs> like, I'm, I'm actually offended right now at you. And <laughs> I was like, you know, so I understand that preach is hard. But it generally preaches pretty easy. Nothing in the world, nobody in the world is going to be, if we said that to the whole entire, like, United States, everyone would cheer. Yes, we are with that. Very few people are living it out, so we're going to live that part out, and that's good, but but the, the next question is begged. What does this even mean? We're talking about this word love. What does it actually look like? So um, I'm really thankful for the Bible. Um, I don't know if you are, uh, but the Bible's amazing, and it's the living active word of God, and it applies to our life today, and uh, I am so thankful for that. So that's good. So 1 Corinthians 13, go ahead and turn there. There's actually a chapter of the Bible that's, all about telling us exactly what love is, and that's really encouraging, because um, we just get to follow God's opinion, and not our own opinion, <laughs> so I'm really thankful for that, and I've also noticed something else as I followed Jesus, you know, um, sometimes, or I, you know, I, whatever, we have the thought is it like, is the Bible relevant today? People ask that question. Like, isn't that just like an old ancient book and all that kind of stuff? And it's kind of nice sometimes to adopt that because then I can do what I want. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm getting too honest for some people this morning. Because <laughs> then I can just do whatever I want because I'm like, oh, the Bible doesn't really speak to that. Uh, I can, I'll just do what I think. But it does, speak to that. <laughs> Whatever that is, Like God speaks to it. And, I'm, and, that's, and that's really good, Like that's really awesome because he's trying to, when he speaks to us, he leads us to life. When left to our own devices, we'll just lead ourselves to death. And so I'm thankful that God's alive and speaking to each one of us today and leading us to life. Uh, so that's what we're gonna do right now. We're gonna ask God to lead us into life. Cool. Um, so I, I have conversations with a lot of people. Um, I, I've, I've initiated this conversation a handful of times over the years, and I have a lot of people initiate this conversation with me too, but just basically the conversation around the question of purpose, personal purpose, personal calling, passion, you know, what's God called me to? What's God's will for my life? What am I called to do? Who am I called to be? How do I live out my passion for God? You know, all of that kind of stuff. Has anybody ever asked that question other than me? Cool, we're getting more honest as we're going, it's good. What's God calling me to? All that kind of stuff. Um, none of that matters if you don't love people. And that's, I, again, I'm not saying that because I like that. <laughs> like, I wish I could just focus on being, just doing my own thing. But 1 Corinthians 13 starts in verse one, okay? And it says this. It says, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels but have not love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. You ever run into one of those? Those people. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith so as to remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. You ever Ronan into those people at church? Oh, gosh, those guys. If I give away all I have and I deliver my body up to be burned but I have not love, I gain nothing. Ha! <laughs> so there's that, basically. There's really nothing more to preach about that. <laughs> But what's good is, if you'll focus on loving people, God will focus on all the other stuff. Um, Starting with the first part, point one, God loves people, right? So God loves you. Uh, God loves you because he made you and he put his image inside of you. And the Bible says that he he knit you together in your mother's womb. God knows you, God sees you, and God's not gonna forget. So uh, I just think that all the... That we have, and again, I've had this and have these questions even still, like, what am I what am I passionate about? What are my gifts? And all that kind of stuff. Like it, it matters, it absolutely matters, but it, it doesn't it doesn't matter until we do the, the first part, is what that's saying. And right there in the Bible. Like um, it matters, but if we if we be all that we're called to be, but we don't love people, then it's just a clanging symbol. Not cultural architect, <laughs> you know. And uh, the reason we know that's true is because we've all experienced it. And I won't speak for you, but I've done it. And that's a bummer. But God's good and has grace, and so that's good. <laughs> we can keep loving people. So I just wanna encourage you, like especially if you're in your 20s, focus on loving people. Like everybody's trying to harp on you about everything you should have figured out in your life by the time you're 25. And I know that person on Instagram was a billionaire by 27. And I know you have some friends who said that they found their their dream job and they're buying their dream house and they're having their dream kids and they're doing all this kind of stuff. And you're like, I'm 26 and I'm late. You know, don't worry about it. God made you, God called you, God's gifted you, God knit you together. You worry about the one part he can't do for you, which is love people for you. You do the one thing and he'll make sure that the thing he put in you for a specific reason gets used for that specific reason. But it can't get used for that specific reason unless you learn how to love people. So let's not get distracted by trying to do the parts that aren't our parts. Let God do his part and make sure we don't miss out on the part that's our part, which is to love people. If you'll focus on loving people, God will focus on what he's called you to do. It's for him anyways, right? Which is really good. Like, man, I just felt like the weight come off of me again. I've thought about that a lot before, but wow. I don't have to worry about accomplishing all the things that God's called me to do. He's gonna take care of that. I just need to love people. I'm trying to say, I get stressed out by a lot of things I don't need to get stressed out about. Um, Okay, we'll keep moving. So verse four, love is, ah, dang. I finally put bookmarks in and it just fell out. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. Verse four of 1 Corinthians 13, are you there? Awesome. Uh, if you're not, just look at the screen and say, yeah, I'm there. <laughs> love is patient, love is, and love is patient and kind, um, I lost my smile already. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. I remember uh, a few years ago I was in discipleship with some guys and uh, I read that one morning I was about to meet with them and, and so I just came to lunch with them and I said hey you know I was reading First Corinthians thirteen this morning it's talking about love and you know I'm like so holy right I'm like I just I I just felt like God was highlighting I should love people better you know I'm like duh <laughs> okay whatever we'll talk to this people (laughs) no so so i'm like let's talk about this so i was like hey for the next six weeks let's commit to reading first corinthians 13 every day and let's just read the list until we feel like god highlights something that we should like focus on that day or whatever and we're like yeah cool let's do it so the next day i open up to first corinthians 13 i start reading and i'm like love is patient dang (laughs) shoot (laughs) and i couldn't go any farther than that (laughs) Uh, and I didn't go farther than that for, like, those six weeks. Every morning, it was like, love is patient, dead end, Andrew, hello, you know. So I already know that, like, this isn't a strength of mine. And kind of funny story, as, like, our staff is growing, we're trying to take some, like, profile tests with some people to help us make sure we're working together and doing all this kind of stuff. And this, so I, I took the first one so we could learn how to start doing it. And I was, had this phone call with a consultant guy. You know those, like, profile personality, profile things. I don't know what you call them, but um, it's been interesting. He's like, he's like, hey, so uh, you scored or whatever, measured or something, and the bottom 16th percentile of the population in patients. I was like. <laughs> <laughs> and I tried to act like I was surprised, but then I was like, yeah. but <laughs> <That's> pretty much <laughs> explains a lot, you know. So that was encouraging. So I'm reading 1 Corinthians 13, love is patient. I'm like, shoot, I need to be more patient. So typical me, I'm like, I'm gonna do this. You're not gonna believe how patient I'm gonna be today. So I started trying really hard to be patient, uh, but that's not really patience. So I found out that like, uh, suppressed rage actually isn't patience. <laughs> which, which again was super discouraging because I started delaying a lot of frustration. But I realized, like, the valve blows at some point. You know, like, uh. So, like, just because my anger was taking longer to explode it doesn't actually mean I was being more patient. And so, you know, it's funny, but I was, like, you know, and it is funny. But then it's also like, well, then shoot. How do I do it then? Like, I want to do this. I love God. I love people. Like, that's where we're at. Like, we want to do this stuff. So, I'm already bad at it. Now the test is telling me I'm bad at it. I'm like I know. So where do I get it? I'm trying. Trying too hard. Do I stop trying? Like, you know, everyone's like, just rest in God, and you're like, stop telling me that. Like. So it's cool to talk about loving people, right? We've all got something on the list. As we we're reading the list, there's bound to be something. If there wasn't, maybe check the arrogant part. <laughs> But there's something on that list that you were reading, and it was like, ooh, not great at that, right? And that's not a shame thing. It's just being honest. Like, we're just being honest, right? Like, we're all in the same boat here. We've all got something on the list, right? And, and, and like, you know, we, I'm not trying to stand up here and saying like, hey, the key to marriage, love your spouse more. Okay, have a good week. Like, if you want to be a better parent, love your kids more. You're like, oh, I never thought about that. It's a great idea, man. Like, Wow. Love the world more. Love people more. Easy to say. Be more patient. <laughs> you want to love people more? Be more kind. Be less irritable. was like, yeah. What? Wait, I know. I'm trying, right? Like, I'm trying. Basically, what I'm trying to say is I feel like anything that I never heard ever about, this is more just like blah, blah, blah. Right, love. Cool, love more, love better, try and sorry, have a good week, and and then it's lunchtime. And the line is long at McAllister's again. (sighs) It's like, I was super inspired 18 minutes ago, and now I'm angry. But I'm suppressing it, does that matter? You know what, like, it's Sunday. Act right, at least today. Been there, tried that, right? So you can tell me I'm not holy and spiritual, but the reason that I have a hard time loving people, loving my wife, loving my kids is not because I have all of the love of the world locked up into my heart and I'm just refusing to give it to everybody. The reason that I have a hard time loving people, at least for me, is I've noticed that my problem isn't that I have all the love in the world that I should have and I just am like a jerk and like a big fat jerk and like, I've got the love for you, I'm just choosing not to give it to you. I, what I've found is like, I just feel like I don't even have it. Like, patience, I'm like, I'm trying, I, where is it? I'm digging, where is it? Have you ever been digging for something? And it's like, man, I'm trying, where, where, where is it? And so, you know, honest people anonymous this morning, like sometimes I get to the bottom of my love barrel. Like I run out, you know, like the well runs dry of what I have to give. You know, I'm not saying I'm right, I'm not saying that's right, I'm not saying that's okay, and I'm not saying that's the way it should be, I'm just saying that's how it is for me. So love, 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 change the world. Yes, awesome. Sounds great in the Bible. I've got no problem with the idea of loving people, but I'm pretty selfish, and I'm pretty not patient. We've covered that. I'm pretty irritable, so I know. And and, and if you've checked out of this message at this point, because it's like, cool, another message telling me the things not to do that I do all the time because I can't figure out how not to do the things that I know I shouldn't do, but I keep doing them. Check back in right now. Uh, because this isn't just some ideal thing, right? Like, Because God's not done with you yet, and, and we're not done yet. And I'm not here to convince you that you should love people. That's not why we're talking about this in church. It's, it's, it's how. How do we do that? It's not news to us that we ought to do this better. I want to point out to all of us, not just what love is so that you can be inspired over the next few minutes. I want to tell you where to find it. Because I don't have it. And so I need to know where do I find this thing. I'm thankful God's alive. So uh, you're gonna keep turning, I guess that'd be right in your Bible, to 1 John, uh, that was where the bookmark was that fell, but I found it. 1 John 4. Gosh, God's good, right? Like, I'm so thankful God talks about these things to us. I'm really encouraged today, because God's alive. Beloved, let us love one another. And you're like, oh, cool. Here we go again, Right? Okay, I'm the only one there so far, so you guys are like, hold on, wait. so loved us, we also ought to love one another. I wanna encourage somebody this morning, maybe it's just encouraging to me that love isn't a personality profile. Love isn't an effort. Love comes, the, re, the place where you find it, love comes from revelation. Love comes from revelation of who God is because God is love. He's not just loving, he is love. So if I want more love to give, I need to get more of God, <laughs> I just want you to know this morning that the system is rigged. God has rigged this whole thing to where you have to come really close. He wants you that bad. like He so wants to be in relationship with you that the thing that you want most isn't just something he has, it's something that he is. And so we come close to God. We need more of God. We don't need more of love, we need more of God because God is love. They are not separate things to find and, and deal with in different measures and some things are God and some things are love. No, God is love and if we want love, we have to go to God and that's really good news. The good news is that God so loved the world. God's not far off. He's not holding these things and dangling them over us and saying, I hope you figure out how to be more patient, Andrew, if you know all that pent-up rage you have. You should really get rid of that. <laughs> God so loved the world that he thought, you know what? I'm gonna give myself. I'm gonna give myself. I'm gonna give love. I'm gonna give me to the world. See, the key to loving people, this is where we're going. (laughs) The key to loving people, things that complicated loving people that don't need to complicate that. The key to loving people isn't agreeing with them or them agreeing with you. The key to loving people is the revelation of how God loves you. The best way to learn how to love somebody who doesn't agree with you is to realize that your love from them was never predicated on them agreeing with you in the first place. (laughs) And when they offend you and hurt you and all these sorts of things, the good news is the love that you have for them doesn't come from them that you then give back to them. What God's saying in 1 John 4 is he's saying, this is love that God gave himself to you. Verse 11, this is such an awesome verse. Let's read it again. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Can we go back to the patience thing for a second? I remember reading this verse during those six weeks. I don't know how I got there. I guess God took me there, but I was reading this verse during that six weeks of the whole 1 Corinthians trying to be patient thing. (laughs) And I read that verse. If God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. The best way to become more patient with somebody is to ask God how he's been patient with you. That's where you find what you don't have to give. The best way to not be so irritable is to ask God, Lord, would you show me how you're not irritable with me? It is shocking how much that diffuses the situation. (laughs) The best way to not be rude is to say, God, will you show me how you've not been rude towards me, how you've not kept a record of wrongs towards me, how you've not been heavy handed towards me, how you've endured all things to me. It's revelation, guys. The love that God wants us to give the world, it's kind of like part of the rigged system. He's saying, if you wanna love the world, you gotta come let me love you first. You gotta come let me love you first. Let me pour out all that I am on you and then you can show it to the world. God's not asking you to give something to the world that you don't have and can't get. God's asking you to show something to the world that you don't have and you can come and get. You can come get it straight from him. And it's not just so he can give it away because ha- it's not just so you can give it away, he actually wants to give it to you first. God is amazing. God is amazing. He's so much better than we think that he is. We're doing this series because we wanna talk about how to construct a culture that God has called us to construct and the culture we are living in is radically polarized right now. People are on one end or the other end, which means there's a lot in the middle that we get to run into and demonstrate the actual love of God. My heart for us, I believe God's heart for his church is that it wouldn't be a people that just are always picking sides. I believe that God's heart for his church is that it would be a people who pick people. They care about people over politics. They care about a person past decisions because that's what God did for us. He gave himself as a propitiation for our sins. He didn't have to do that. (laughs) God did what we couldn't do. God saw past my rebellion. God saw past the way I defended him. God chose not to get irritable and write me off. God chose to come close. God chose to step in the gap and pay the price that I needed so bad. God doesn't love a person because, that person because he agrees with that person's politics. God doesn't love a person because he agrees with their sexual choices. God doesn't love a person because of a church that they go to, a color of their skin, a social economic environment that they live in, a neighborhood that they live in, a street that they live on, or the way that they treated you right or not. God loves a person because that person is a person that God loves. And so if we could just, I think God wants to simplify this whole thing that's gotten so complicated. I'm not saying it's easy, but I'm saying it is simple. The best way to love the people around you is just to love the people. <laughs> just love them. Don't worry about the way they offended you. And what I mean by that is that it becomes a sacrifice of praise, because that's what God did. He set aside the way I've offended him. And so now, every time I need to do that, God's not like, hey, be a good Christian and figure it out. He's like, come here, let me show you. Let me walk with you through this process. I know what it feels like to get crucified. We can know God. And the world needs us to know God because the world can know God through you. The world can know God through you. I wanna say this as we close, and we're just about to wrap up, so I guess the band can come on up and we'll... That'll make me end a little quicker, I think. I wanna say something clear that this doesn't mean that we have to be best friends with everybody, okay? Um, for, first of all, that's not possible. Like none of us have that capacity. You know, like, None of us have that much time in the day to be best friends with everybody, right? So we don't have to be best friends with everybody. The reality is that there are people and there are situations that require keeping your distance relationally for a variety of different reasons. There's still room in love for relational boundaries. Okay, if someone cannot be trusted, love doesn't mean you write them a blank truck, blank check of your trust and give it to them. If someone is hurting you, love doesn't mean that you continue to make yourself vulnerable to that person. If you are in toxic situations, toxic relationships, if there are toxic people, love does not mean that you have to stay close. There is still a lot of room for love in relational distance when it's required. We love people, but we don't save people. We show people the love of God, but we are not God. So being distant from someone because of health and safety is different than being distant from someone because of bitterness and resentment, right? That's the difference between love and not love. Just pulling away because of being irritable is different. That's not loving. But if you have to be distant for safety, if you have to be distant for health, for the capacity, for all kinds of a myriad of reasons, there's still room for relational distance. What I mean is that God's love is boundless, but relationship had a gate. Relationship with God, God said there Jesus said, I'm the way to relationship. His love is boundless, his love is reckless, his love is for everyone at any time, in any place, at all times, endless, never-ending. But relationship comes through the way. And it's okay for you to live that way too. Love everybody, but it's okay if relationship has a gate. Can we be good with that one? I just don't want anybody walking out of here saying, okay, cool, I just gotta throw my life away and let everybody rip me apart. Saying we can do it good heartedly, right? I know it's for it's probably not for everybody, but there's a few people in here who needed that part real bad, real bad. Okay, we'll move on from there. Go ahead and stand up as we close. Last verse I want to read is in Jude, Jude says this, starting in verse 17, it says, you must remember, beloved, the, pre- the predictions of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. They said to you, in the last time there will be scoffers following their own ungodly passions. Sounds like something we might experience occasionally, day to day. Verse 20, but you, beloved, building yourselves up, cultural architects, building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. And have mercy on those who doubt. Save others by snatching them out of the fire to others, show mercy with fear, uh, hating even the garment stained by the flesh. The word of God says to us, the way that we love the world is by keeping ourselves in the love of God. That's my one practical that I want you leaving with this week. That's the one thing God's given you to focus on. You wanna love the world? Keep yourself in the love of God. Keep your relationship open with God. Keep the flow open with God. Keep communication open with God. Stay humble before the Lord of just saying, Lord, I need the love of God. I need you to love me. I need you to show me how you've been patient with me. I need to show you how you've been kind to me. I need you to show me you haven't been irritable to me. My kids are irritating me, Lord. How are you not irritable with me? And all of a sudden you realize sometimes you're like a three-year-old who's freaking out about not getting oatmeal. And you gave them oatmeal every morning for the last two and a half years. I don't know why they're freaking out about this one. I do that and God's mercy is good. God hasn't been irritable with me. You realize that your wife, your husband is doing the same thing over again. They're showing up late again and you realize, wow, I've been late to spend time with God too myself and he's still been kind to me. You realize that your wife has done this, your husband has done that, and you realize I've done it too. There's such a humility and a freedom in keeping yourself in the love of God. My encouragement to us today, I just felt like I wanted to preach this whole message on my knees to, to because I feel like, the, the cry of heaven to us this morning is not try harder, is not do more, is not do better, it's receive the love of God. You, personally, right here, right now, where you're at, let God love you. God loves you. God loves you. God loves you so much. And this was weird thing about the safety of love where we... Make ourselves vulnerable to Him in His presence, and He starts to pull back the veil on all the things about us that have been unlovable. And it's scary, and I don't want to do it, and it sounds bad until you realize that He still loved you. (laughs) You're free. You're free in the love of God. Let God show you. Let God show you where He's loved you. Let God show you where you've been so weak, and He loved you anyways. Let God show you where you disagreed with him and he loved you anyways. Let God show you where you broke a promise but he loved you anyways. Let God show you where you've offended him but he loved you anyways and we can go out and we can so love this world. So love this world that God so loved that he gave himself. I believe that in these few minutes, God wants to do miracles. Somebody was praying before the service, they came up to me and said, and as they were praying, they, they felt like they saw people like holding um, black balloons and sitting down in their chairs. And uh, once they let go of the balloons, they could stand up and worship. And, I, and, and that connected with me, because there was something that I felt like God had been saying that I didn't understand. I felt like God's saying that, that, that there's bitterness and resentment that's been holding us back from different relationships, from loving people. And God's inviting you right now to just let go. He's inviting you to let go. I think in the picture there was three balloons, and I believe they're bitterness, resentment, and offense. I believe God wants to do a miracle right now. Because how many of you know it's a miracle when you let go of resentment? It takes a miracle for me to let go of my offense. I'm not that holy to just let it go. Amen, anybody? It takes a miracle. And I believe that the Holy Spirit's gonna be walking through the room as we finish this. We got seven minutes left, and God wants to do miracles in seven minutes. Balloons look really light, but these balloons are really heavy. And they've been keeping you sat down. You haven't been able to run as fast as you need to run. Been, they, you haven't gone into the presence of God as deep as you need to go because you've been sitting down and it's time to stand up. It's time to run. It's time to lift your hands. It's time to let go of the things that aren't yours, yours to carry anymore. It's time to let God love you and you love people and you let God take care of the justice that is owed, absolutely, but he poured it out on his son, Jesus. You need to get a revelation right now. You need to let God come into that place. So I'm asking you as I pray, would you make yourself vulnerable to God right here, right now? And just say, Lord, Lord, you can come. You can come and you can love me. Lord, I'm asking right now that you would move in our hearts. I'm asking, Lord, that you would do miracles right now. Speak by the Holy Spirit into the places where we've been offended, into the places we've been bitter towards individuals or groups of people, in places where we've held resentment against individuals or groups of people. Lord, I'm not saying it didn't happen. I'm not saying that it doesn't matter. I'm just saying that you're good. Would you come and would you love us in that place? God, I'm asking right now, you would fill us with something that we don't have at 724. I'm asking that at 1130 we would have more to give. Would you pour out yourself into us right now by the love and power